Alyssa, thank you so much. Today we're going to continue in our series called Great Expectations. Uh, expectations that God has for us, His children. And today we're going to talk about an expectation found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm just going to read the first two verses of Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're expected to imitate God. How are you doing at that one? Let's pray together. God, we need help. And that's why you gave us your spirit. To work in our lives. To make us more than we could ever be on our own. To mold us and change us and make us into your image. Throughout the course of our lifetime. No matter how young, how old, as long as we're in Christ, you're going to continue to work in us. So you do that today. And help us to imitate you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The phrase monkey see, monkey do is used around children so very often. Because if you've had one following you around, you kind of got to be careful because they might do or say something you might do or say a non-Christian, maybe I should say a pre-Christian friend of mine told me one day that his four-year-old daughter cussed at dinner. Four years old. I said, Eric, I wonder where she learned the word. Eric knew exactly where she learned the word. And he was more careful after that. It's been many years ago. One of my nephews was visiting. and We were at the kitchen table eating. And Chad would do everything that I would do. I was in college at the time. And so I would take a drink and Chad would take a drink and I would pick something up and he would pick something up. And so I wanted to see just how far it would go. So I grabbed potatoes or something and rubbed them on my face. <laughs> Chad grabbed potatoes and rubbed them on his face. By the end of the meal, I was covered with food because Chad was doing anything I would do. And we are born to imitate. It's interesting, you wonder how fads start. Once upon a time, somebody wore their baseball hat backwards, by mistake. And the next day, everybody had their ball caps on backwards. One day, a young man wore his daddy's pants to school. And they were down to here. And he walked around like that all day. And then, I don't think that's how it started. As a kid, and I guess they happen today, but I'm not as aware of fashion trends as I once was. But as a young boy, I uh, remember wearing a lime green Nehru jacket. Remember Nehru jackets and when they came and went? I was imitating someone with tacky taste. I don't know who, but I had one for a short while. I don't think there's any pictures of that, and I pray there are not. About imitation, my, my friend Wayne Hall was a wonderful Christian man. He's in heaven now. And he was a few years younger than his idol. 
another dear friend of mine named Orville Crocker, who's also in heaven. Orville was waged. He was three, four, five years older, I suppose. Wayne told me that he admired Orville so much. When he was young, he wanted to walk like Orville Crocker, so he watched how he walked. And Wayne learned how to walk that way. And he wanted to talk like Orville Crocker. And he tried. And he wanted to wear his hair like Orville Crocker. We are prone to imitate others. The problem comes when we pick the wrong one to imitate. Hitler had his imitators. Charles Manson had his followers. Satan has his imitators. But scripture is clear that we have one choice and one choice only to imitate. And that is God. Back to Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. The whole of the Christian life can be summed up in that one statement. Be imitators of God. And before we wonder, what in the world does that mean? And how in the world do we do that? Verse 2 jumps out. Live in love. As Christ loved us, gave himself up for us, a fragrant, fragrant offering and sacrifice. <laughs> so, if we're going to imitate God, it gives us in Ephesians 2, 5, 2, the way we must live. We must live as Christ lived, loving and giving. The Bible talks all about that, about how we are to treat the world around us and how we are to love. John 13, 35 says this about you and about me and about Christian in general. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Further in John chapter 15 verse 12 Jesus said this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Romans 13 8 puts it this way. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And in Colossians 3, 13 and 14, these are just some of my favorites about love. It says, bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves, there's that word, with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I don't know if I've told this story here. It's been my favorite for years. I hope it's true. It's in a college town where a boy named Bob came to Christ. Bob always wore a t-shirt and jeans with holes in them and no shoes. That's what he wore for four years. His hair was unkempt. He was brilliant and different and became a Christian while at college. And across the street from the college in this university town, was a very well-dressed conservative church. And they wanted to have a student ministry, but they weren't really sure how to go about it. One day, Bob decides to go there at church. He walks in, no shoes, jeans with holes, t-shirt, crazy hair. And he walks in, and it's full. And he walks down the aisle looking for a seat, and he can't find one. And when he gets towards the front, he just sits right in the middle of the aisle. Just stops and sits. The preacher's preaching and everybody's watching. And Bob is sitting there. 
People wonder what's going to happen next. And slowly from the back of the church, a deacon in his 80s with silver hair and a three-piece suit who's always there comes towards the front with his cane. You can hear it click, click, click as he walks down the aisle and everybody's watching. What in the world is going to happen? It's a very godly man coming down the aisle and very courtly and as he's headed towards the front, people are thinking, I wonder what he's going to do. You can't blame him. How do you expect a man of his age and his background to understand some college kid on the floor? They say it took a long time for the deacon to reach the front and the church is utterly silent except for the clicking of the cane and all the eyes, are, the preacher stopped preaching by now and all the eyes are watching the old deacon walk down the aisle. You can't hear anything but the man walking. And what they saw next, they would always remember. They said the older man dropped his cane on the floor and then got down. I wouldn't show you how, but it's getting out of me. He got down on the floor. And it probably had to take a while. And he sat with Bob. So he wouldn't be alone. So everybody in the church is crying right now. By the surprise of grace. And when the minister could form a sentence, he said, what I'm about to preach you'll never remember, but what you just saw you'll never forget. And that's what happens to us. We never forget love. We never forget the people who have reached out to us and have put up with us and have cared for us and have ministered to us and who have loved us in spite of ourselves. The imitation of the love of God will lead more people to Christ than anything else in this whole world. But sadly, today, we see some people that, that want to imitate God's final judgment more than they do His love. They like to pick and choose who to love. Can we do that? Here's a policy to live by. Love everyone and let God weed them out later. Isn't that a good idea? Who do you weed out? I went to Mississippi State, so any other SEC schools, we got to get rid of them. I mean, prejudices are that way, aren't they? They don't make any sense whatsoever. None of them. And so, I'm going to have to love everybody and let God sort that out later. We all know that one day there'll be a judgment. We all know there's a heaven and there, there's a hell. What we don't know is who's headed where. We really don't. We think we know, but we may be off. So it is safe to love everyone. When we imitate God concerning love, we'll notice a big difference. And others will notice the difference too. Ask yourself this question. What, what kind of world would this be if everyone imitated me? What kind of world would it be if everybody imitated you? You want me to go somewhere else or can I come over here? <laughs> Good one to imitate? 
Didn't expect that answer, did you? How about that? Absolutely a good one to imitate. I'm just standing on the front row, that's why you sit in the back. <laughs> good one to imitate? Yes. Should that not be the answer when I go to everyone in this room who professes to be a Christian? And the neat thing it is, because I know you, I think it is the that it'd be good to imitate Frank's self. Or it'd be good to imitate Sarah Lee Flint. Or it'd be good to imitate Betty Angevine. That's how we're supposed to live. That's how we're supposed to be. The Apostle Paul said something to the people at Corinth that all of us should be able to say to the people of Sandy Springs and Dunwoody and Marietta and Cumming and Alfreda, wherever else we live. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Paul was so sure of his faith that he was living the way he ought to. He said this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be like me. Well, that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Live like I do. You can only say that when you are imitating God Himself. I should be able to say that. And so should you. Part of the beauty of this is we all see God in different ways and we all see His love in different ways. Some people see God as someone that visits prisoners and so they love prisoners and they go to visit. Some see God as someone who feeds the hungry and so there are so many people in this world that feed the hungry. Others see God as a great creator of art and so they create art and do amazing things. We're all different. God has made us all unique. However you see God and His love, you imitate that. You can't go wrong. And know that the world is watching. As my nephew Chad sat across the table that day and smeared everything on the table all over himself because he was watching his Uncle David, the world is watching us. How we live and what we do. And it better be love. And we better imitate God. That's one of his expectations of our lives. Let's pray to God.